Welcome to PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast. Today's guest is Associate Professor Michael George Peralta. He is currently working as the Executive Assistant for Intellectual Property and Research in the Office of the Vice Rector for Research and Innovation in the University of Santo Tomas. He earned his Bachelor and Master's of Science uh, in Physical Therapy degrees from the University of Santo Tomas, his Master of Science in Physiology from the University of the Philippines, Manila, and his Master of Laws in Intellectual Property from the University of Turin in Italy. So today, we are going to talk about what intellectual property is and why we as physical therapists should be familiar with it. So, come take a listen. Alright, so brand names of products, techniques mentioned in the show is purely for educational and informational purpose um, which was mentioned due to the essence of the topic of intellectual property. Um, it's it's by no means a promotion or advertisement of those products or techniques. Uh, discretion still lies on the listeners. So again, not a promotion, not an advertisement. Alright? Alright, welcome to another episode of PT Meal Physical Therapy Podcast, a potluck of ideas, insights, and information from Filipino physical therapists. Um, so for today's episode, uh, we are going to talk about a very interesting topic. So in this time wherein we cultivate and encourage ideas through research and innovations and inventions, I guess it's uh, but important to know a little bit about intellectual property. And to shed light on this topic is one of my professors in physical therapy school. He is now the executive assistant for intellectual property and research in the office of the vice rector for research and innovation in the University of Santo Tomas. So my guest for today is associate professor Michael George Peralta. Sir Mike, welcome to the show. Hello, Johan. Good evening mm-hmm. Good to, uh, to our friends in the U.S. and good morning here in Asia. Okay. Hi, sir. Uh, so um, before we dive into the topic, um, for those who are not familiar who you are, so could you give a background on how you became a physical therapist to, to where you're or to your current role out right now? Uh, again, good day to everybody. I, I am Associate Professor Michael George Peralta, uh, physical therapist since 1997. Um, I, I practice as a volunteer physical therapist in at the uh, Polinari Mabini Rehab Center for three months and then went on to teaching at the University of Santo Tomas. And I've been teaching there ever since. And um, so it's been 23, 24 years of, uh, of teaching. Okay. Then sometimes I get referrals from from medical doctors going to home health, okay. But nowadays I don't uh, I don't receive uh, referrals anymore. So, okay. mm-hmm. so um, right now you're in the uh, office of the vice rector for research and innovation, right? And you're the executive assistant for intellectual property and research. Um, how did you get into that field? From, from teaching? Ah, uh, before when I was a uh, college secretary, I think uh, you were still a student then at mm-hmm. that time? Yes, yeah. sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, when my term ended, 
the university was was looking for an administrator who would head who would head the intellectual property unit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they saw they saw some leadership potential in me. I, I don't know. So they they chose me to to head the intellectual property unit. Uh, first, I was adamant because I said I'm I'm a physical therapist and um, I don't know anything about intellectual property. It's kind of it's a kind of lawyerish thing because right. by the term property, wow, mm-hmm. that, that's uh, like uh, real estate. So I said mm, maybe. Well, thank you for your recommendation. So maybe I'll pass. But then they said, no, you have to, you, you can think about it. You, you, you sleep over it and then think about it. We will, we will provide you the necessary training uh, for you to be able to, to hold the office. All right, so I, I slept on it. And then in the morning, I, uh, I realized that maybe it's another opportunity for, for physical therapists to practice, maybe to look, find our niche. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, you can include me in the nomination. So they, they submitted three names with my name included there. And lo and behold, I was, uh, I was selected uh, to, be, to head the office. Oh, wow. So when you get into that office, when you said yes, um, did you start to research about what intellectual property is? <laughs> or, or Yes, I uh-huh. did, at first, it was um, it was really a struggle. So I really didn't know what intellectual property was all about. And then, and then people from within the university is already calling me, inquiring about certain issues. I cannot answer yet for that mm-hmm. time uh, during that time. So I attended uh, I attended seminars conducted by the Intellectual Property Office of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, their capacity building programs, okay, and um, yep, slowly, uh, slowly but surely, I came to know a bit about intellectual property. Then, in order to to give um, to give credibility to to what I to what I'm doing, I I try to look for a scholarship abroad, and luckily, I was. Uh, I was uh, I was accepted in the World Intellectual Property Organization Academy, the WIPO Academy. Uh, so I studied uh, Master of Law in Intellectual Property. Oh wow! How was that experience, sir? Oh, it was it was absolutely <laughs> brilliant. It was very good. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, my classmates, ninety uh, percent of them are lawyers, international uh-huh. lawyers. Yeah, only ten percent of the class are non-lawyers. Uh-huh. So, which included me. Uh-huh. So, at first, there there was a, there was an inferiority complex. They're really very good, okay. But then I realized, of course, these are lawyers. When the problem already arise, uh, they arose. Uh, there's an issue in IP. Then they come in. Mm-hmm. But prior to the issue, prior to any legal legal uh, legal challenges, it will be us, the non-lawyers, who would be. Uh, facing the, the mm-hmm. clients. Ah, nice. So, what would they say if they, they find out that you're you're a physical therapist in, in that in that program? Were they surprised? Well, well they, <laughs> they, they were they were amazed that uh, physical therapist was was part here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our professor said, "No, we need we need health 
We mm. need uh, somebody in the health profession in order to to know about what IP is all about. In in order for us to maybe to make to to start businesses or to make uh, researches that would that would involve uh, uh, the betterment of health, uh, the way we treat patients, mm -hmm. which I now realized it's a very mm. important uh, thing. Uh -huh. So aside from that, sir, how were you able to? relate your, your physical therapy background, your teaching background in other roles in college to, to IP in your current role right now? It's kind of, it's very far, really very uh -huh. far. Because here we're talking about laws, we're talking about um, guidelines, rules. Well, in physical therapy, is really, it's really uh, treating patients. Okay. Uh, but I came to like it because... Um, Plenty of our, many of our assistive devices mm -hmm. are, are medical devices, are classified under medical devices. And you would be surprised that you ha you, maybe you've seen plenty of variations of wheelchairs from a simple manual wheelchair to a mechanical one. Mm -hmm. okay? So these are inventions. These are incremental improvements. Mm -hmm. Because the ordinary wheelchair, well, it does not solve it doesn't solve any. It, it does not solve a problem, a complex problem of a, of of a, of a complicated patient. Let's say a uh, a cervical spinal cord injured patient. Okay, if you give them a standard wheelchair, well, of course that we all know it is not appropriate. So we have to we have to make another wheelchair or buy another wheelchair that is suited for them. Okay, so I realized that these inventions were created because there was a need. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the mother of all inventions is a need, is a mm -hmm. problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's right. what I learned. So you would uh, you would be surprised that crutches nowadays there are several innovations that you can see in crutches. Okay, even the design itself of a crutch is very very beautiful. Okay, even if I have no disability, I would like to buy one <laughs> because it's a trendy thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so this is where this is where. I kind of am I'm, I'm passionate already with my mm -hmm. physiology background, physical therapy background, and IP background. I can really fuse it into one and inspire uh, fellow physical therapists to, to think out of the box and try mm -hmm. to solve uh, problems mm -hmm. out there. Right, right. So before we go in further, uh, could you describe to us for those who are not like, like me, you're not familiar with intellectual property. So what is intellectual property? All right. <laughs> So intellectual property is the product of the human mind. Okay? So anything that we think about solving a problem, okay? and then we, we create, we create from, that, uh, uh, from that intellect. So essentially, it is, it is the product yeah, of the human mind. For example, um, let's say a simple toothbrush. Okay? Now you would see several brands of toothbrush with different types of uh, designs of bristles. Mm -hmm. okay? And you would also be surprised that uh, the tremendous research and development undergoing in a simple toothbrush. Okay? So you would notice that one toothbrush brand is different from the other in terms of design. Why is that so? Because that is intellectual property. The company protected that intellectual property so that nobody can copy that one. And they have this protection for a certain amount of period of time so that nobody can, can copy it. So they get a monopoly from that, uh, from that innovation, from that invention. Mm -hmm. 
and and uh, you you've touched already with how how does it relate to physical therapy. So as as physical therapist, why should we be like familiar with uh, intellectual property and protecting the, our ideas? Because we're like we're as you said, we're physical therapists. We're handing patients, but we're not in the manufacturing business. We're not in the in the design business. But as physical therapists, what why does it have to? Why do we have to be familiar with it? All right, and that's a good that's a good uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Uh, we have to be familiar with intellectual property. Well, for those who ha- who have a very um, who are always thinking out of the box, who is always trying to solve problems, okay, trying to il- improve our patients. Okay, it is a way for us to to look for solutions to a problem. And by looking at solutions to a problem, we can look at what is what is already out there, what is being sold, what is being uh, what is in medical journals, what is in physical therapy journals, okay, and see what we can do and apply that to our profession. Let's say I want to invent a new a new a new crutch, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say I want to have a knee rest for that, okay. So it's a good idea. So if I if I made something okay and I, a nearest on the crash, okay, that's good, okay. But we have to look at whether we might be copying. Okay, there might be another crash out there that has the same same principle that is already out that, that we know that we don't know, and it is dangerous because if you start to manufacture that, if you try to look for, uh, if you're entrepreneurial in mind and you, mm-hmm. you look for a company and then that man, that company manufactures your New crutch, and then there is already an existing one that uh, is already that has your same idea. You can be sued, mm-hmm. okay? And that's why it is important for us to look at what is out there, to to know what intellectual property is all about, okay? One, in order to to look for solutions to a problem. Second, in order to prevent us from from copying, for from imitating what is already out there. Mm-hmm. Nice. So does intellectual property only uh, deal with tangible tangible um, things or can it be a, a technique or a ah, brilliant question mm-hmm. it is usually a tangible thing okay? mm-hmm. now uh, there are things that that can be pat- that can be protected okay there are several IPS uh, in fact what one we're talking about patents. Okay. Second, we're talking about uh, utility models. In the U.S., I think they, you call it as a petty patent. Okay. We have industrial designs. In the U.S., you call it a design patent. Okay. Mm-hmm. We, have, uh, we have trademarks and service marks. We have geographical indications. And uh, we have copyrights and, uh, and other related rights. So these are the different uh, intellectual properties. So your question would deal on um, tangible matter. So that would be in the realm of invention. So that would be in patents. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, regarding physical therapy techniques, let's say I invented a new technique in uh, treating uh, patellofemoral syndrome (PFS). Mm-hmm. Can I can I uh, patent that? The mm-hmm. answer there is no. You cannot patent oh. that. Okay. Why? Because there is a rule that any any technique, any diagnostic, any diagnosis that is applied to humans cannot be patentable. 
Okay? That is why when you read in books, the techniques are named. They are only named. That's uh-huh. like the, that, uh, the, the kind of taping, McConnell taping. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Remember the special test, uh-huh. right? These are just names. Uh-huh. Okay? It's just the naming rights. But you cannot, you cannot uh, nobody can get a monopoly out of that technique that you have uh, thought about. Okay. Mm, gotcha. So that's that's why there's a lot of like techniques that like stems in from other techniques, but they name their technique as their own. Correct, correct. Uh-huh. That's like you have the mulligan technique, uh-huh. right? And anybody can use that technique, but must, mm. it's it's mulligan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um there are like for example, going piggybacking on the, the techniques, there are techniques that are what do you call this? only performed when you're certified to do that. So is that also part of an intellectual property? Like, you can't practice this technique if you're not certified. You don't carry the the paper certification for it. Well, that's one way to control the uh, to control the use of that technique. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's more of their entrepreneurial mind. Uh, But that's why. They're they're trying to go around it. mm -hmm. Because they they cannot file for for a patent for that technique. That's why they, they would want a certification uh-huh. okay, for you to be able to practice it. Right, right. Like, because when you're like, when you studied one type of, of taping technique, it, it's like you already know the other types of te- taping techniques, but they, they, they would brand it as their, their own and they would produce their own type of tape. Mm. Yeah, going to that point. If you if you create your own tape that is uh-huh. different from from a athletic tape, uh-huh. even um, uh, what do you call that newer version of the tape? Kinesio tape. Yeah, the kinesio tape. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you if you invented that can be patentable. Patented. Oh, yes, the tape. Uh, the tape. The tape because it's but tangible. the technique. No. Oh, so like for example, those uh, are. Coming out right now for um, instrument assisted soft tissue mobilizations, those um, silver, uh, what do you call silver tools, those yes. are patentable. Yes, tools. Yes. Mm. Or if you invented a robot who can do your technique, then the robot is patentable. I see. <laughs> I see. So you, you mentioned about the, the concepts of like patents. So can you can you run through with the, the concept what are like what are patents what are trademarks and, and cap, copyrights all right okay uh, patents is, patents are um, patent is an ip grant okay mm-hmm. given to you by a government okay uh, that excludes others from making selling producing your invention okay mm-hmm. in exchange for disclosure in other words, if I, let's say I have a smartphone here, if I invented a smartphone, okay, so everything that is in here, I will prevent others from making, selling, or importing the product. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I get protection. Okay? And um, uh, the, the usual protection is 20 years from the date of filing. Okay? Okay. 20 years from the date of filing. Okay, so those are, uh, that, that is a patent. Okay? A, um, a utility model or a petty patent, on the other hand, uh, is similar to a patent, okay? but it has a different criteria. Okay? I forgot to mention, let's go back to patents again. 
um, talking about patents, you need to hurdle three criteria. First, it should be novel, the novelty criteria. Second, there must be an inventive step. And third, it must be industrially applicable. Okay, Let's go to the first, novelty. Your invention or what you have thought about must be new, not only in your country, but in the world. Okay. Oh. Yes, in the world. It should be new. Because the government will not give you a monopoly for that. That, that, that monopoly is very powerful. Mm-hmm. If there is a similar gadget of your invention, mm-hmm. okay, because that is injustice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they will only give you a patent right if okay, your invention is truly new. Nobody thought about it. Nobody made it okay, in the world. So even right? if it's an innovation of something or a different approach or like you tweak it a little bit, it's, it doesn't uh, yes. categorize as a new. Mm. Oh, okay. Yes. A change in color, a change in size, a change in shape does not fall under uh, a new mm-hmm. uh, invention. Okay. Second, there must be an inventive step. Okay. In the U.S., you call that uh, the non-obviousness criteria. It tells us that a person who is skilled in the art, meaning those who are really making smartphones, okay, what you did is not obvious to them. Okay? And we're talking here of not a, not a master graduate, not a PhD graduate, but a simple engineer. Mm-hmm. Let's say you add A plus B and you in, your invention is C. Mm-hmm. Okay? So my invention is C, I add A plus B. If an engineer, okay, you showed your, uh, your product and your, the engineer said, ah, yes, that is obvious. A plus B will give you your invention C. Then, therefore, you will not qualify as a patent. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the harder criteria that you will need to hurdle. Mm-hmm. The third criteria is very easy because anybody can think about uh, Industrial applicability, which is the use for a for a device. Okay. Okay. The first so two is very difficult. So it's like the function, yeah. the industrial applicability. Mm-hmm. It's hard for uh, for you to be able to go to the like inventive criteria because uh, it has to be really really new that no one has yes. thought about. <laughs> yes, if you're going, if you have uh, watched the uh, Steve Jobs. Um, launch of the first iPhone. He, ha- he had a very good description there from the, from the old versions of, of smartphones to the first generation of the iPhone. He said they wanted to have a leapfrog, a leapfrog technology, which is very far away from the usual small, uh, the old version of the smartphones. Mm-hmm. I, I like his description there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll look into that. So what's the difference with patents with a, with, a, with a petty patent? Okay. A petty patent is similar to a patent, but the second criteria of inventive step or non-obviousness is not there. Mm. In other words, it must be new, okay? It must be new and it must have industrial applicability or there must be a use. So there is no inventive step. And that's why the protection here is only seven years. Oh, okay. okay, it's only seven years. Now, why do why do they have this petty patent system? Mm-hmm. Well, because 
maybe you have heard that if a, if a new technology has been released, they say that don't buy it yet because there are plenty of errors. There are plenty of bugs maybe on that, on that, uh, uh, on that technology. So wait for the second, third, or fourth iteration or first, fourth version of it because they have already corrected those, those bugs, those, those, uh, those uh, minor problems. Mm-hmm. And those corrections that they made from the first invention, mm-hmm. okay, those are protected by petty patents. Ah, yeah, because okay. it is new and there yeah. is industrial applicability. But there's no inventive step because the first one was already the main okay. inventive step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the innovations to a previous invention would fall under petty patents. Petty patents, yeah. Ah, I see. So would, would medical devices come in the, the criteria of patents or petty patents like innovations of medical devices that depends mm-hmm. yeah that depends so it, it will they will they will still be they will still be assessed uh, with the three criteria if mm-hmm. they will fall under patentability subject matter mm-hmm. now if they if if the if the patent examiner sees that there's no inventive step then that will only be that will fall upon petty patents mm-hmm. gotcha. like cuz there there are ads now in, in the television that has this walker their innovation is the walker can be flipped to be able to um what do you call this it would adjust to the stairs so the the front front steps would be higher than the the back back um feet so it would be like you can go up and down the the stairs with it then Mm -hmm. as you go to the uh, even surface it can collapse again and be a flat surface yeah (laughs) So wow, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. Uh, I wonder, I wonder um, if that would be as stable as a walker, but that's a good innovation for people who uh, are navigating stairs without any, like th- those who are buildings that doesn't have any ramps that, that would work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example of a problem solution. Mm-hmm. Right. So how is it different, the like patents, Petty patents and what is the the next one is like the industrial industrial design. Ah, uh, industrial design. <laughs> industrial design is the is the aesthetic design of a product. Okay. It's so how just, it looks like. Uh huh. Ah, I see. So you're it's just how changing how how one product looks. Yes. It's, it, you didn't change any. You didn't change any um, essential components, but just Correct. the design. Not mm-hmm. function. You're talking about aesthetics. Aesthetic. So, like for example, you you have an AFO, a uh, 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 thermoplast AFO, and you change the aesthetic to you use a material like a a metal with slender um, uh, what do you call this slender shape. So, is that an industrial design? Yes, that that uh, can fall under industrial design. Or design mm-hmm. patent there in the U.S. Design patent. It's just the aesthetics, yes. Aesthetics. Uh, okay. So how about trademarks? What are trademarks? Okay. Trademarks or service marks are a visible mark that you see that distinguishes mm-hmm. one product over another. Okay. So you have like a TheraBand. Mm-hmm. TheraBand is a trademark. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any other brands there in the U.S. that manufactures also elastic resistance bands? There are, I think, a lot, but they're not really like that familiar because 
uh, therabands are really widely used. Mm -hmm. mm, yeah, theraband. See, see the power of that. Mm -hmm. Only theraband has that uh, has that uh, trademark. Mm -hmm. So anybody can use ah, yeah, let's use theraband. So mm -hmm. it 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 tells the consumers, which is the physical therapist, we physical therapists as consumers, it tells it tells us that the best resistance bands would be theraband. Bands. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Right. How about uh, another example would be, I'm not familiar with trademarks of uh, athletic tapes. Usually it's like uh, the kinesio tape. Um, others that are going around, there are uh, muscle tapes, there are rock tapes, um, okay. K-tapes. So those are their brand names. Yeah, those, are, those can be their brand names. So there are... Like, they they trademark their their names. The names, yeah. Mm. Like mm. Leucoplast, for example. Leucoplast, uh -huh. I've I've seen Leucoplast manufacturing already kinesio taping, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I see. So what are like uh, geo indications? Ah, geographical indications. Uh -huh. Geographical indications are indications to where the product was manufactured. Okay. okay. For example, you will find these in in food items like wines and spirits and cheese. Uh -huh. okay. Particularly, a good example would be Bordeaux. Bordeaux wine. Have you heard of Bordeaux? I think so. Probably Cognac. <laughs> Cognac, yeah. Cognac, yes. Okay. Cognac is not really a brand name, but Cognac is a place in France. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yes. Uh -huh. Bordeaux wine is also a place in France. It tells us that the, the wine... Okay. It was it was produced by the vineyard there in Bordeaux because the taste, the environment, the 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 temperature, the humidity helped make the the wine taste so good. Uh -huh. Make take make the cognac taste so good. Okay, so that is the geographical indication. So, for example, if I'm a manufacturer here in the Philippines, I would say let's say uh, Peralta Bordeaux wine. Mm -hmm. Made in the Philippines. Ah, that is already misleading. Mm -hmm. I can't say that because my wine is made here in mm -hmm. the Philippines and it did not come from Bordeaux. Mm, only those in Bordeaux can use the name Bordeaux. So and only, only those who, can, who are in Konya can use Konya. So if I'm a manufacturer in Konya, France, I can say Peralta Konya. I yes, see. because I came from there. My wine came from there. Uh, so it's also part of your marketing strategy that you, yes. your your wine is produced there. It's like for for in the Philippines, you would say um, your mangoes are from Cebu. Correct. Brilliant. Yes. Cebu mangoes. Cebu mangoes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or uh, Bicol Pili nuts. Uh huh. Um, yeah, came from them. Mm -hmm. All right, that's a, And that's the what are like copyrights? Okay, copyrights and related rights are are those intellectual property that fall under literary, okay, literary and artistic arts. So these would be your poems, love letters, movies, novels, uh, lectures, sermons, pictures. Uh, illustrations, sculptures, anything on that part. Mm -hmm. Visual arts. Even music mm -hmm. is included in copyright. Okay? And the protection of copyright is um, 
the author's life plus 50 years after his or her death. Ay. Author's life plus 50 years after his death. Yes. Is this yes. something that's that... why Michael Jackson, uh-huh. Michael Jackson passed away many years, but because radio stations are still playing his music, okay, his heirs are still earning the royalties. Wow. Is this something innate or do you have to apply for this one? Very good uh, question. That depends on the country. I believe in the U.S. there you need to apply. You need to fixate. That's, what, that's, what, that's the term that they use. You need to mm-hmm. fixate the, the artistic work and apply that uh, at the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Mm-hmm. Here in the Philippines, it is automatic. Meaning, mm-hmm. at the moment of creation, you have already your copyright. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that you did not copy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that's an original work. Yes, or... that's it. original work. So how about, you mentioned how about lectures? Lectures that you, you compile by yourself, but is, um, you cited references from, your, from other studies. Would you have a copyright of that lecture? Yep. Uh-huh. yep. If you have a lecture, uh, the PowerPoint, Mm-hmm. Uh, presentation or even video lectures, yes, like this one. This one can be copyrighted, okay. Um, just as long as your lecture must have the proper citations. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. If gotcha. if if your theory there is not yours, then you have to necessarily cite the source. It's it's mm-hmm. both ethical and uh, and legal mm-hmm. to cite the source. Right. So even though you're 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 the because what you're copywriting is your effort creating that lecture, compiling yes. those studies. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah. So of, of all these concepts, what is the closest to our practice as physical therapists? Hmm. For in in research, if you're if mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in the realm of research, mm-hmm. um if you are inventing something, then that would fall upon patents, petty patents. Mm-hmm. If you are designing new crutches, that would be on design patent or industrial mm-hmm. design. If you are researching, um, like writing in journals, that is copyright. Mm. So whatever, like even if you're... How about research publications? Is that also copyrighted? Mm. Yes, that is copyright. So for example, if I made a... If I, if I wrote a research, okay, mm-hmm. I did a, an, ex, an experiment and I submitted it in a journal, okay, it is already telling that journal that you are assigning your copyright to that journal. Okay. So that journal uh, has your copyright. Okay, so anybody that would copy your uh, your study, okay, it's the journal who will run after them. I see, but uh, the ownership is still yours. Your, that is still yours. Yes, it's yours. Mm-hmm. It's yours. Mm-hmm. But we must remember, we must bear in mind that, of course, research builds up on on previous ideas right, right? that's why it gets it gets improved mm-hmm. it gets improved. okay so the 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 right thing to do there of course if i'm going to build up on another idea i would have to cite the source mm-hmm. of, of my new research okay? mm-hmm. and that's why we have in elsevier in scopus and in uh clarivate uh previously thompson okay uh, work web of science, right? We have citations, citations mm-hmm. of authors. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the more that the author was cited, 
the more the higher impact that journal or your article is. Uh, okay. So, like, for example, because I've seen those, like, when you click on the author's name, you see, or the, the study, you see how many citations there are. Yeah. Um, but, like, for example, my study was um, cited by a certain author, um, but uh, someone uh, used the study of that author and he gets cited, cited. Would my study would also be cited or it would be that author's study would be cited? That, the, uh, the other one. Uh, the other one. Not okay. yours. No. <laughs> uh, yours. Because the, 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 the third author is using the other author's study now. Correct. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I see. So we, we're, we're talking about research now. So is, is that part of what you're doing in the office of the vice rector of research and innovation? Um, it's more on, my work is more on the intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the research is more on the, on my head, uh-huh. okay, the vice rector herself. Uh, gotcha. But your office um, handles all the centers for research. Yes, uh, um, University of Santa they Clara. submit researchers. Yep, correct. Researchers submit their interim reports. I forward it to my boss. But mm-hmm. for intellectual property matters, that's solely mine. Mm-hmm. And in in the bigger realm of health um, health sciences, um, like for research and do 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 like um, nurses, doctors also consult your office if they have any research that they need to be uh, checked out if there are other um, copyright or patents that they, they might be um, infringing on or yep. is it their role for as researchers to look it up for themselves but I get I get those inquiries mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> for example yep um, if they if they made a device, Okay. Sometimes they just look up on on journals, mm-hmm. okay. But that's fine, okay. But what I do is that they would have to they have to accomplish a form so that I would really know what they're trying to do, and then I would do a a, a patent search mm-hmm. to see what is already out there, mm-hmm. because most of the time, eighty uh, percent of inventions and innovations are not found in printed journals. They are found in patent documents. Okay. okay. And where can we access these patent documents? Well, it's, right. it's freely available. If you go to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, just look for their patent search and you will already be able to browse what is already filed in the U.S. Okay, okay. so it's a public document? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Because of the dawn of the internet, it's easier now to search uh-huh. for patents. Before, you would have to go to the individual patent office and mm-hmm. go to their library and do your, the, the purling thing. Okay? I see. But now, because of the internet, these, these foreign patent offices mm-hmm. okay, provide already free access to their, uh, to their documents. So that's what I do. Mm-hmm. That's nice. So what do you like um, in your current position? Now? So what do you love doing there? Well, I, I like to talk to people. Mm-hmm. I like to I like to talk to uh, to those who are solving problems. Uh-huh. And sometimes I can't help to be to be a little bit skeptic, 
Let's say mm-hmm. they come to me. I have this nice invention, so he's so excited. Uh-huh. Okay, and I say, oh, okay, okay, that's that's nice, that's brilliant. Okay, but uh-huh. I have to search it yet first. Uh-huh. Okay, but but I'm not trying to burst their bubble. I'm trying right. to give a, a little bit of reality check on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you did, maybe it's good, but we have to search whether it's really novel and there is uh-huh. invention. Uh huh. Sometimes I <clears throat> uh, I encountered a a client. Uh, who was really so excited and mm-hmm. then when I did a patent search we found out that that the technology was already out there and it was oh, even more advanced I see yeah it was really even more advanced and then mm-hmm. of course the face fell uh-huh. okay? his face fell and then I said no it's not the end of the world right okay so what we can do is let's see what what this what this invention already out that is out there, what it does not solve. Because there is there is a rule that there is no perfect invention. Mm-hmm. There's always a problem within a certain invention. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you try to solve that problem and then we might have something there. So even if uh, you say even if a product is already out there and you see that this product doesn't solve one of your problems, would that be a, a, a new invention? It can it, it can be it can mm-hmm. be, okay. Mm. But the next challenge there would be let's say you already solved the problem. Mm-hmm. Can you and 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 now comes your entrepreneurial mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, can you sell it? Well, mm-hmm. that's a different story, right? Because your invention, your improvement was built on somebody. Mm-hmm. Then you would have to talk to that somebody. Let's or, say for example. Um, Let's say a love strand crutch. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go to the standard love strand mm-hmm. crutch. Okay. If I if if you invented your you Johan, if you invented the love strand crutch, and I placed another lock here, okay, another lock here that would prevent it from falling. Let's say, mm-hmm. okay. So my invention solves a new pro- uh, solves a new problem. That you did not solve, mm-hmm. but I cannot, I cannot sell it because my invention is only the lock mm-hmm. and not the love strand. Friend. So I'll have to look for you, Mr. Johan. I have this new invention. Maybe we can talk. Oh, yes, and that's okay. what we call now cross licensing. Mm-hmm. So you 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 establish now collaboration with a previous inventor and hopefully. Mm-hmm. You end in good terms, mm-hmm. and then you'll be able to market your your new product. Ah, so it it's also it can be also applicable for those who are um, developing apps. Like if you found an app that it's doesn't solve what you're doing, what you wanted it to solve, but you have an idea and you try to um, solve that problem, you can also approach the app maker if you yes. would like to collaborate with them. Yes. Mm, I see. Oh, that's very interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're right. Because it's uh, it's all boil, boils down to problem um, solving problems, yes. and identifying solving the problems. Problem. And right. So, would there like for piggybacking on that? Would like for example, you have a product, and there's some I don't know cultural def- differences, uh, okay. perhaps. Would it also fall into um, intellectual property like your your 
adapting that into what is culturally appropriate to 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 your like for Filipinos like for example um at the top of my head you're thinking about a tool perhaps that you want to adapt to Filipinos would that something be in 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 the realm of the uh, intellectual property yes mm-hmm. let's say um let's say a um, the SF36 mm-hmm. so uh it's copyrighted mm-hmm. so if i want to i want to apply that short form 36 to filipinos mm-hmm. so i would need to to adapt it to the culture right so i have to mm-hmm. change some questions there mm-hmm. so i will contact the original author of it mm-hmm. i would ask if i if um ask permission whether if i can translate it one or adapt it to my culture mm-hmm. and then if that author responds yes you may just mm-hmm. cite my cite the source then mm-hmm. you have permission oh, okay and as the one who yeah. translated it that Correct. translation is all it's now your copyright uh yes yes it's your copyright but you have but to cite, to cite the, original. the original right oh very so, very much interesting <laughs> Correct. so for um we're, we're now going to to the end of the show but for students or our colleagues who would like to know more or would also like to go into that field of intellectual property, what advice can you give them? Um, well, if you want to be an inventor, then try to seek uh, solutions to an existing problem. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most of the challenges that I encountered is that uh, researchers are just inventing just for the sake of inventing. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's like it's a solution looking for a problem, and it's not a solution to an existing problem. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that that's one. Second, um, uh, you have to know what IPs are there that can be applicable to what you're doing. Okay, so that you you will be able to protect them. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, good advice. So um, as a uh, last. Last uh, last question. Um, this is, the show is PT meal, so it's a complete meal of information. Um, but what are the three ingredients that make up uh, Michael Peralta? What are the three things that you feel that is important to you that you carry every day uh, that make up who you are? Wow, that's a difficult question. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what makes me who I who who I am? Mm-hmm. Well, one, I am uh, I am determined. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if there is a hurdle, we'll try to look for solutions to that hurdle. Maybe mm-hmm. because I'm in IP, that's why it's already ingrained. It's hardwired, you know, already to to solve mm-hmm. problems. Uh, second, I always believe in people. Okay people's best okay uh, if you're trying to solve a problem then do it okay? because it's the way we improve how the way we live okay we work and we play mm-hmm. we make our lives better and third is uh, being a Pax Romana mm-hmm. yeah it's being uh, religious mm-hmm. okay? uh, always uh, putting the almighty first before everything. 
right? Determination, belief in people, and also our faith in in God. Nice. So, um, thank you again for for um, sharing your your time and your experience with us. And as a last statement, closing, um, what do you want the audience to take away from our episode? Um, well, you must find your niche. This is one niche where physical therapists can, can be in. Uh, I'm the one who looks for, for ways to protect uh, what you have created. Okay? And hopefully, our patients would also benefit from what we have created. Okay? So just continue what you're doing. Uh, do the best that you can. Okay? Let's help our patients, especially these trying times. They need right. us. Right. Yeah. So there. Again, thank you very much, Sir Mike, for your time. <laughs> really appreciate it. Thank you, Johan. So thank you again for listening to PT Mill Physical Therapy Podcast. I do hope that you have learned something new from this episode. I would love to hear uh, your reactions. If uh, you can send it your comments, suggestions, uh, questions to me at uh, PT Meal Podcast in Instagram or Facebook. All right. Until next week. Bye-bye.